0: Carrie's Living, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Pat. Hello. We are back in TV show mode. How does that make you feel, Pat?
1: I feel like we fell right back into the pocket. Doing some movies, exercising a little bit of a different muscle from time to time. Yep. TV shows is where we live. That's our bread and butter.
0: Yeah, I like doing the movies because it's good to just like... Get like a a one-off break, like, oh, let's just dabble and then see I Get out of that world. But then like after I do that for a few weeks, I sit there and I go, well, now I'm ready to just dive fucking balls deep back in. I haven't been balls deep in like a month now. We've done three straight movies. Yeah. So it's good to be balls deep.
1: Immerse ourselves in a teen drama.
0: So before we announce and get into what we're doing, let's first, we got to give a little housekeeping. You want it? Yeah.
1: What do you want first? The Instagram? Or the Gmail email address?
0: Instagram. Vicarious Living
1: Podcast. On Instagram, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com.
0: Kids, get at us on the Insta for all of our swag $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks, and $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. What? We had
1: an email last, so I got Oh, I gotta,
0: you've gotta pull, been I gotta, checking? I got to pull it up, so I'm sorry. <laughs> cut here, <laughs> cut here. Shit, Pat, he he got yelled at uh, on the last podcast for not doing his due diligence. I cut out about 80% of me getting shitty with him because when I was listening back, it didn't sound very good.
1: Was it as hurtful as it felt?
0: (laughs) It was a little aggressive. So, okay, Pat, read this shit.
1: All right. So we do have some listener mail, which is always exciting. Yeah. Um, and this goes back two podcasts ago when we did Adventureland. Um, okay. In the moment, I used my lifeline, which was our good friend Leland Z. Yeah. <laughs> Who has been on the pod? Uh, because he's probably do to come on this. I feel pod. like he's
0: very much due. Yeah.
1: He Needs to take some time off from like being a dad and. You know, doing that kind of stuff to just be on the pot.
0: His priorities are all out of whack. Way out of whack. Okay, read his email.
1: Um, But anyways, I was trying to pull some facts and and I just started talking about something that I knew he would definitely have the answer. And sure enough, he did have the answer and he responded to my lifeline. So I just read his email. Okay. You were talking about the movie... End of Tour, where Jason Siegel, in parentheses, come on, Pat, you should be able to at least pull Siegel's name instead of calling him Marshall from How I Met Your Mother, and parentheses, plays David Foster Wallace, who did write Infinite Jest. Good pull there. Thanks, sir. And Eisenberg plays a journalist interviewing him. It's a true story in a solid indie movie that BD would either love or hate. Yeah, I've never with, even heard I agree of it. With that. You would, <laughs> you would either really enjoy it or just not be. What's it at called at again? The movie is called End of Tour. It's four. about a, a writer who wrote a famous book. Oh, okay. And he's kind of like a recluse and this journalist goes out to interview him. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a, it's like a buddy comedy kind of thing. Okay. Um he says, "I did want to jump through my headphones to give you that info." So, "Thanks for knowing that. I would know." And yes, I do own Infinite Jest and no, I have not been able to get through it yet, maybe someday. Keep up the good ish work. Sir.
0: Thank you, Leland Z, a.k. Zurb, for providing that feedback to Pat.
1: I also had some some mail from longtime friend and listener of the pod, a Matthew S, who just suggested that maybe we watch Van Wilder.
0: Oh, yeah, I do. We are going to do that at some point. Yeah. That's on the list. I have a list right now of, like, 50 movies and, like, 14 TV shows. We should really
1: capitalize on our passion for Ron Reynolds and and get that hey, one.
0: Hey, Matthew S, if you ever want if you're listening to this and want to come on for Van Wilder, reach out to Pat. Okay, we've fucking putzed around enough. Let's announce the show we're doing now, Pat. And before you announce it, let's play some intro tunes. <laughs> Smallville, Smallville, a show that neither of us have actually seen. I have. Okay. One of us has actually seen. First lie of the podcast. Uh, (laughs) First
1: inaccuracy. No, I I watched this when I was a a young boy and really enjoyed it.
0: So Pat watched it three weeks ago then. (laughs) Here's what I was thinking about this show, dude. I was thinking... We needed a new show on this pod. We about, we were doing movies for like two or three straight weeks as we were trying to decide, okay, we've done all the biggest hits. Where do we go from here? And I was all up in my head, dude. I was in my head. That's not where I'd like to be. You know where I like to be? In your body. In my body. And more specifically, in my loins. Mm-hmm. And then I also like to tie emotion to my loins. So I was in my emotional loins. Like dangling from
1: your loins by a string?
0: Yep. And I was like, that's how I got to make fucking decisions on what show to do next. So I was watching a bunch of shows and I'm like, oh, this one would be good because I know a lot of people have seen this or this. And then I was just like, why am I doing it that way? Here's what I should do. I should watch three pilots. Right. And then whichever one triggers my emotional loins the hardest That's what we're going to do. Dude. And that's what fucking happened with Smallville. I put that pilot on, and out of some of the garbage that I was watching, it was like, this is the one.
1: You got some movement?
0: Yes. So that was the biggest reason I think that we should do this. And then, bonus, you've already seen it. You already have some emotional loin attachment to it. So win-win for yeah both i got that little spark
1: here. with that like that extra bonus nostalgia spark while i was watching this which i really enjoyed
0: yeah which is cool and then just wanted to say one more quick thing and it's that we announced smallville the kids know that's superman there are two massive massive problems with superman right mm-hmm. and The reason why this show actually works and all the previous movies and everything don't work is because they solved the two biggest problems that plague Superman.
1: I've been excited to get this take because I've long known, like, you're a Batman guy, right? It's through and through. Yeah. I mean, just (laughs) looking at you sitting there with your fingerless gloves, (laughs) I can tell you're a Batman guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But, yeah, you've long just, like, been a very vocal non-fan of Superman.
0: Hate it. I hate Superman.
1: And your main reasons, which it sounds like you're about to get it, like yeah. get in on is he's just too powerful yeah. or he's not powerful. Right. Like, that, yeah. That's so correct. there's no like real interplay with bad guys. It's just
0: there's no struggle. Right. There's no conflict. It's either he's dominating that. So, yes, to answer your question, that's number one on my list. He's either dominating someone aggressively because he's invincible. He's got laser eyes. He's invincible. Yeah. He can flock fly uh-huh. lives faster than a speeding bullet. Famously. Or someone has this little green shiny rock called kryptonite. And all of a sudden you could be an 85 year old grandma and just beat the fuck out of Clark Kent Superman because you've got this tiny green rock. So is kryptonite. Is that this like from the three to sound song? Was yeah. this
1: show based off of that Three Doors Down song? Oh yeah, dude, I
0: heard that. I heard that. In all my extensive research on this show, I did hear that it was based on the Three Doors Down song. <laughs> Fucking great song. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> So, the, that's the first one. The second one is his secret identity. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> he, he wears glasses I, I and, I, and then he takes his glasses off and it's like, what? That guy who's on the cover of the Daily Planet and and fucking newspapers and TV cameras? That can't be Clark. It looks just like him, but he got glasses. The glasses. <laughs> So those are the two biggest problems on why I just physically cannot suspend my disbelief.
1: I was going to say the second one is a suspension of disbelief issue where it's just like, yeah, that that's kind of hard to you just have to like sweep that under your mental rug. The fact that he's probably like six, five and broad shouldered in real life and obviously looks the exact same as Superman whose face is plastered on every TV show and newspaper every single day. Now, don't forget,
0: Pat, he's also got like a little curly thing on like the hair. Oh, and he changes that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. when he's Superman. The other one, I I can
1: see where you're definitely frustrated with that. But in my mind, he like, like a perfect episode uh, or like an example to get around that. I realize that it's kind of like a weird thing that there's no good struggle but a lot of the times it's just him up against like crazy odds and the only way he gets around those odds is because he's superman yeah i know but the whole city's on fire and he flies underneath the city down in the sewers and does some crazy thing with like water in his breath to like put out the fire it's like yeah that's fucking sick he's the only superhero could do that but i totally get where you want the interplay with characters
0: yeah i'm not gonna it's too grand you have to make it too big I, so, e- I think it, he
1: turns the planet yes, <laughs> a in, different
0: direction and turns time back in one of the movies. In the worst uh, Superman movie ever made, uh, I think it was Superman Returns with Brandon Routh, where mm-hmm. he literally flew into the Earth's core and moved continents in the Earth's core <laughs> to solve it. That's where it's just like, all like, right, by I, the I'm way, out, I'm out. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm with I'm you. Out. I'm with you. Okay, so let the, let's get to the two ways that this show circumvents... Those two issues. Wait, is that the word I want? Mm -hmm. Circumvents. Perfect. Great word. Are we sure? That's a five dollar word. Okay. Keep it in. The how the show gets around it. (laughs) That's what circumvent means. (laughs) is, uh, Is he doesn't have his control. He's a teen. He's just learning his powers. So like he doesn't have control of it yet. So like there's more struggle because he doesn't have all of his shit honed. And then the second reason is because there's a meteor shower in the first scene of the pilot of this show and there's those green meteor rocks, aka kryptonite that is like spewed all over the entire town. So what happens is is it's not just that they cripple Clark and that's the only function of these rocks they do like weird and mysterious things to all these people. So it's like, oh, some guy will get x-ray powers because of the meteor shower. Some guy can just like control fire. Th- there's always something So he's
1: got like built-in Yeah, he, I don't I don't want to say villains cuz they're yeah,
0: foes. He's got built-in foes who are just all over the place and He's the only one that can like beat them, but it's not so big that he's moving continents. It's one-on-one battles, which is what I'm looking for. One-on-one battles.
1: You like a nice one-on-one battle? I think that's been one of your better takes on this pod. Is like the young Superman figuring out his his shit. His shit. Yeah, he doesn't have full control over it. Yeah, probably all of his powers haven't come online yet. He doesn't even because he's still working his way through puberty. Yeah, even though he looks like he's done.
0: He's 25 year old. (laughs) 25 year old freshman in high school.
1: Yeah. Listen, he, it wouldn't be a teen drama TV show if the characters looked their age. So, looking past that and yes, done.
0: we we're past that. We god, we, we could never have a podcast if we couldn't get past the age problems in these shows. <laughs> so that's how they solved the first one. And then the how they solved the secret identity thing is that he never puts on a fucking cape. He never puts he's not out flying around in a fucking Superman costume in this movie. He's keeping it all secret and his parents who know are keeping it all secret. So like anytime he does something, the first thing his dad says is like, did anyone see you? Did anyone fucking see you do that yeah, shit?
1: It's an awesome extra layer and twist.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's built in. It's like now we're in Batman where he essentially is wearing a mask and it's a mask of a suede
1: jacket and baggy jeans.
0: Yeah. And then always making sure that, like, if someone's about to see you, use your super speed to get the fuck out of there before they see. Yeah. So, anyways, long-winded way around it. That's how they solve my two biggest issues. And now, for the first time in my life, guess who's able to fucking buy into Superman? You, my man. This this podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you want to explain the structure of this pod? How we're going to go about attacking this series
1: yeah so in the past we've just kind of like picked a season usually the first season and then in talking about it during like our breakdown meetings after the record which usually lasts about three or four hours mm-hmm. every right. week right. uh we realized that a lot of these shows don't start getting good until like season three season four oh, um
0: yeah. we're missing a lot of we're fucking. missing good
1: content we're missing yeah. gold yeah
0: we're, we're missing,
1: missing it. we're missing uh our Dawson, what's, what did you say, the Dawson crying gif doesn't happen until season four?
0: Here's the problem. If we're going <laughs> to literally go do an entire Dawson's Creek podcast and we're not even going to get to the main fucking dude in that whole show hooking up with the main girl in that show, that's Tasty, a miss. That's hooking a miss. up. Yeah, Miss City. That's, that's a miss by us
1: not delivering good quality content, which can't happen. So <laughs> anyways, the structure of this one is going to be you found a top ten episodes list yeah.
0: online. Wait, hold on. Real quick about Dawson, I just want to tie a bow on Dawson's Creek and say tie it on him. Fucking Pacey ends up with Joey. He does? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I watched that all happens. the way through everything. Just after to we make did. sure. Oh my God. I was on pins and needles. And honestly the biggest thing that fucking Does it come
1: down to the wire between those two?
0: Yeah. The the final episode of season six is Joey is trying to make a decision on who she chooses between Dawson and Pacey. I was obviously fucking confused on why this is even a choice. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, Dawson, that little dick bitch or Pacey, a real man. What's the problem here? So the way they ended it was that she said some line of like, Dawson, you're my soulmate. And she was like sitting on this bench by the water with him. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then they they cut away and it ends with her sitting on the couch in her apartment in Boston with Pacey and they kiss and they're watching a TV show. And then we realize, oh, the, the writers and directors made it where you can have a, her whole point was he is her soulmate. And why does it have to be exclusive to like a romantic partner as a soulmate? Why can't your soulmate be a friend? And then you have that human connection with your soulmate with a non-romantic partner, but your romantic partner, you just see in a different light and might not be your soulmate, but they're perfect for you in a romantic sense. And that's how they ended it. Wild. Oh uh, yeah, let's just say I was, I didn't fucking whatever on the soulmate thing. I just... <laughs> That's a little confusing. She did fuck Dawson though in season like six. Did they show it? I just, I, I was praying to, the whole time. I was praying to God that I would get to go the whole time without her a- ever actually fucking Dawson. And then she did mistake fuck him. Oof. Anyways, sorry. That's Dawson's Creek. Smallville. Smallville. So... Um, do you have do you want to
1: credit the website that you used to find your top 10 list or does it not matter? Nope. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Anyways, we got a top 10 list of episodes for all Was there 10 seasons? 10 seasons. seasons. Yeah. And we're just going to work our way through that top 10 list.
0: We're going to do five podcasts on it. We're going to cover a sprinkle every season. sprinkle every season on this five podcast series on Smallville, and I think we're going to cover all the main shit because From what I could gather, most of the big stuff happened in episode one of each season anyways, and we got a lot of those covered. We essentially only skipped two seasons this way.
1: Cool. So we're cool. Cool. And what, we're going to do five? Deliver five high-quality Smallville pods?
0: Yeah, so on this podcast, we are just going to do the pilot, because we got to do all the character breakdowns and everything, and then we're going to do four additional podcasts to cover the rest of the series. Don't even worry, kids. We're going to fucking get it all in. I have no doubts. And is
1: this on Hulu?
0: This is on Hulu. So if so you
1: want to play along at home,
0: this is a great show. Hulu. This is a great show, kids. Watch it on Hulu. Get in. Get involved. Okay. Do you want me to read the plot on my phone? Sure. It's pretty self-explanatory. I'll read it anyways. In October 1989, 2 years after my birthday. <laughs> A huge meteor shower (laughs) destroyed most of the town of Smallville, Kansas. This event brought Jonathan and Martha Kent what they always wanted, a son they named Clark. In 2001, their son is becoming a man. He has two best friends, Pete Ross and Chloe Sullivan, and a crush on the hottest girl in school, Lana Lang. Not to mention a budding friendship with future nemesis Lex Luthor. That's an important plot point. Mm Mm-hmm. But his parents have been hiding a secret from him. They found him inside a spaceship when the meteor shower came. As he begins to develop his powers and discover more abilities that will soon transform him into Superman, Clark begins to take on his mantle as the Man of Steel. Smallville. Nice. Pretty good setup. This, like I said, I watched this when it came out. I think I
1: watched like maybe seasons one through three or something. Um, And then... As shows go, you just stop paying attention to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. No disrespect.
0: No disrespect.
1: Happens. But I remember being young enough that I was honestly like less teen drama, more Superman stuff. So like if that gives you an idea, I hadn't fully come into my passion for teens. Oh, I was yeah. a preteen. Right. Still like into like I wanted to see the Superman stuff. Yeah, because
0: this is 2001. So we're in the seventh grade.
1: Yeah. I was like more ass beating, more kryptonite, more x-ray vision.
0: Which I think then you would have been a little let down because while this show has some ass beating, it I think it's a little more in the interpersonal relationships and his yeah like, that's struggle, the core of the show, which is why I love it now. Right? The like the superhero
1: stuff. Um, and we talk about this like with our other teen shows, you have to have like a secondary thing. Yes, like with One Tree Hill, it's basketball. With The OC, it's like California. With Tried to It's football. football. You just got to have a second thing, yeah. and this like the secondary focus in this show is superpowers.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I'm in. Yeah, and it's essentially. I just wrote down. It's like a combination of the OC mixed with CSI, because it's a teen drama like the OC. That's the core of this show, but then every episode has a storyline that's tied off from the beginning to the end there's like a bad guy who gets powers from a meteor rock and then him and his friends essentially have to solve like figure out crack the case essentially And it's
1: kind of structured like saturday morning cartoons yeah you could watch that yeah Mm you watch one by
0: the end of it yeah, you can, move, and, yeah you can move on at the end of it, and then if you want to jump in, it never matters where you jump in. You don't miss like all this plot because...
1: You know what doesn't get wrapped up by the end of every episode? Triangles. The triangles and Love. the drama. Those oh, yeah, carry yeah, yeah. over yeah. and those pervade throughout. So that's Ooh. why
0: I do like the fact that we're doing this structure of five podcasts on the entire series instead of just one season because... You really don't need to get wrapped up in each individual episode. You just need the highlights we're because... After, we're after the big arcs. Yeah, the the each individual episode of who the villain is and how Clark defeats him, that's not really integral to the storylines that we're following. So I think it makes actually a lot of sense that we're doing it this way, to be honest. Okay, you ready for a player breakdown? Yeah. Tom Welling, Clark. I love this guy. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'm in too. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. The the only other thing I recognized him from because he, interesting, he's only acted in 15 total roles. Really? He's now in his 40s, hmm. and he's only acted in 15 total roles his whole career. I remember. So this is going to be
1: not interesting at all because it was so long ago, and I remember very little of this article. But I remember being super into the show and seeing like a magazine interview with him. And I was like, Oh, what's this guy up to? And it turns out he was just one of those guys that kind of like just became a family man for a while after acting and laid low. Yeah. Like he didn't really parlay it into anything else. He's just like, Oh yeah, that was good. So I'm just going to chill for now.
0: I think he's just Yeah. He was just cool with like, I think a lot of these people are like, um, I think of, uh, Katie Holmes, Katie Holmes did this thing where she did her first nude scene in the gift. Greg Kinnear movie, no big mm-hmm. deal. It's not like I've seen all the screenshots online. She <laughs> also, did that. Also
1: a huge Greg Kinnear fan.
0: Love Greg Kinnear, dude. Fun I was, fact
1: about you, big Greg Kinnear fan.
0: I love Greg Kinnear and Paul Giamatti. They're like my two favorite, like, super underrated, but not underrated actors. Love them. She did a nude scene three years into Dawson's Creek because she kept fighting the whole thing that she was on teen shows and she didn't want it to affect her whole career. I get the opposite feeling from Tom Welling where I feel like he was just like all in. He's like, you know what? I don't need to do a bunch of other shit. I got a fucking hit TV show on the CW slash WB. I'm just going to fucking do that for 10 years. Rake in fucking checks. Then I'm out. And then I'm out. And I'm going to do like one-off episodes every once in a while. But I'm going to have a pretty sweet life. I think that's the mode I'd be in too. Yeah. Just like I'll be rich but not mega rich and mega famous be super comfortable and rich. <laughs> so only other movies that I clock that he's in, he's the backup QB in draft day. And then he's one of the siblings in Cheaper by the Dozen, which is actually a very underrated movie. Have you ever seen it? No. It's not bad. I'll check it out. It's it's really not bad. The first one, second one's kind of weak. Um, tall dude, dude. Hunk. Hunk. Big yeah. time hunk. Big time. Six three. On the small screen, though, standing next to a bunch of five-one actors, which I'm assuming is the actors, other actors' heights, he looks like he's six-seven. He looks massive, and he
1: definitely falls in the category of like he's supposed to play a bit of like a nerd outsider, but he's just too tall and hot.
0: Oh, he's so to tall be that high. in high
1: school, because I, I feel like I if know. if you're in high school and you're if, if you're over like. Six three, six four. He seems like he's six six in this show. <laughs> <laughs> and you're that good looking, you could literally have no personality and still be cool in high school,
0: dude. He is. You would so have to like go out hot. of your
1: way to get picked on.
0: Yeah, you're never gonna. Get Doesn't picked make on, any dude. sense, dude. If you're if you got that jawline, do you see his jawline? It's exploding yeah. out of the side of his fucking face. It could cut kryptonite with that jawline. Well, we'll see. Not kryptonite. We'll but see. <laughs> Interesting things on him. They have him wearing red, blue, or yellow in every single scene. Really? That's a nice pull. Yeah. Like a uh, red flannel. He's like a farmer, so like a red flannel or like a yellow T-shirt under like long sleeve shirt. Like they always have him wearing them. And then two interesting fun facts about him on the set. One, a lot of times people said they saw him walking around the set muttering, Clark, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Clark, you're such an idiot. Like, walking around the Smallville set saying that, I think to, like, keep hammering it into his head that, like, Clark's nerdy. You know, he's not... He's supposed to be a klutz, like, or a fuck-up a lot of the time.
1: Uh, so he like... I think sense. trying to remind himself, like... You're not cool I'm, and hot. You're not cool and hot. You're yeah, not cool I'm and not and
0: Superman in high school. I am a, a not-cool teen who is, like trying to figure out his place in, like, what to do with his life. Nice. Like, I think that's what he was getting at. And then, dude, you and I just listened to Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. He's the guy who plays Lex Luthor. Uh And I got a super interesting tidbit when he had Tom Welling on where he was talking about his audition with Kristen Kruk, who's the main girl in this. Yeah,
1: that was a great story.
0: So they... They cast her first. She was the actually cast first before even Superman was. And in the audition, he was reading lines with her, forgot his lines in the middle of the audition. Her back was to the guys who were like auditioning them and they were like facing him looking at his face and he forgot his lines. She mouthed because they couldn't see her face. She mouthed to him the beginning of his line so he could remember him, and then he it jogged his memory and he continued the scene with her. When he got the part, the guy who was in the room came up to him and he said, "You know the biggest reason you got that role, Clark?" Oh no, sorry, not Clark. Uh, Tom. And he is like, "No, what?" Well, he's like, "Dude, it was that dramatic pause you took.
1: <laughs> Just took a moment." Let it
0: breathe. It, no other actor paused at that moment in that scene. And it just struck all of us. <laughs> and he was like, Oh my God, that's how I got the role. <laughs> Total stroke of stroke of luck. But, um, anyway, I, I uh, what, uh, what
1: my head went to when you were telling that story is if you ever hear like actors talking about going into auditions, they're in like the waiting room. With yeah. like people that just look and feel vaguely like them. Yeah. Like yeah. they're going after a certain type. And like yeah. you can tell, like, oh shit, this is what people think of me. Like, I'm this fucking nerd. Like, look at all these other nerds here. They're I looking know. Looking for a nerd for this role. Imagine being in the waiting room for Superman. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> <That's-> twelve <laughs> Superman looking dudes sitting in there. Tall, like, dark, and handsome. Huh. Okay.
0: Well, it'd be a, it'd be a plus because, yeah, on the flip side, I always imagine how shitty it is if you're the, like, the, hey, you're going to be the chubby, fat dude who gets, uh, like, bullied aggressively because of how fat and nasty you uh-huh. are. How bad would that suck if you're the actor who's got to, like, okay, all right, yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck me, I guess. Fuck me. I'm going to nail it, though. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, yeah, thank you
1: for recommending to listen to that pod. We did some pre-research. Yeah, it was definitely pre-pod. weird because, like usually we like we watch these shows and we dissect them with our scalpels as if like we're just coming like upon it. These people don't exist in real life. but to hear the actors as like real people was kind of jarring and might shade this podcast a little bit differently. They both seem cool, yeah, and they're just talking about like, michael rosenbaum aka lex luther at one point got pissed off because (laughs) superman's trailer was bigger and he had a conversation with his agent yeah and like an email exchange that went back and forth where tom welling um sent an email to like one of the producers or something about the warehouse they were filming in being like a little too hot yeah and they would always have to stop down like superman sweating all right pause (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like superman can't sweat he just like sent an email like hey um and way we can get this figured out just because it's kind of getting in the way. And I'm like, always fucking hot. And that email, the guy forwarded to somebody else who accidentally CC'd the entire production crew <laughs> and yeah. was like, the fucking actor wants it, drama <laughs> queen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But some of their stuff, I didn't think they were very pretentious or le- like they were, we were saying they're at that like perfect level of fame of like, they got a taste of like the awesomeness, but like they didn't get that like yeah, now they're, they're not famous they're any, at the that,
1: convention yeah level of their career
0: yeah they're now like going to conventions to like still be raking in those checks which from would something still be
1: like so much cooler than 99.9 yeah. percent
0: of any job so
1: yeah he, they, made it. They, they made it
0: what i say what i would say is they seemed relatable like michael rosenbaum is talking about like a story that i totally related to he's like i mean i tried to take one for the team once so i was like all right On this movie, I'm not gonna stay in a big fancy hotel like the Ritz. You know, I'm gonna take one for the team. We are on this movie set for 40 days, so I'm just gonna stay at a a residence in a Marriott Residence Inn. It's like $100 a night versus the $500 a night it would be to stay at where like all the other actors are staying. I'm like, I'm gonna save this this uh, production four thousand total dollars. It's gonna be great. And he's like, first night in that Residence Inn in fucking vancouver or wherever they were it's like walls are paper thin i literally hear fucking everything <laughs> i'm so out of, worst here. Night of my sleep. <laughs> i didn't even sleep i didn't even unpack i just bounced and then i was like you know what i was trying to do a nice thing but fuck it i'm gonna go to the
1: <laughs> Yeah, so watching this show, uh, although I'm super glad to get all those behind the scenes tip, is definitely going to be shaded a little bit by like hearing these two buddies like giving each other shit about like so-and-so has 500 people in his autograph line at the convention I know. and, the other, and yeah. Superman has 700. Yeah, and he's yeah. like looking over like, you motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was an interesting So dynamic. I will not be as objective as I might have been otherwise, but totally worth it.
0: Okay, let's go to Lex Luthor, the second one on this character list. Michael Rosenbaum, who's got the podcast, who we just talked about, actually shaved his head to be Lex Luthor. Really? For seven years, yeah. Actually shaved his head. I love the zag that the show made with making him and Clark friends. That is not part of the comics. They went off script for that because nothing in the comics shows like Clark and these characters like Lana Lang and Lex Luthor and um, Pete, who's in the show, all these characters who are in the comics, they never, it's not like Spider-Man where they're all friends in high school. It all happens later. So the show just like took some creative liberties and they said, what if we actually make them friends at the beginning? Yeah. It's, like
1: a, it's a cool idea. Cause they could have easily made the decision to have him be like a bully and like bully Clark mm-hmm. and Clark can't like do anything back because he's trying to keep it a secret. Yeah. But in my opinion, all the best nemesis started as friends. Oh, yeah, dude. Like Magneto, Professor X, Ed's... started off as boys. Oh, yeah. Now they're fucking bitter enemies.
0: Dude, it's the best. And
1: so, like, it's got to start like that. Nemesis, start as friends, and to let that friendship breathe for 10 seasons
0: of TV? Well, not to spoiler alert, but apparently what happens is they let it breathe for about, like, five to seven seasons
1: oh and they let the drama start to bud on the tv show
0: yeah and then like they have it understandable shift but anyways to your point yeah the fucking baggage that you get between superman and lex Luthor is magnified by a hundred if you have them start out as fucking friends i mean fuck that was it on him. You know, I think we honestly burned through a lot of our Lex Luthor stuff just because a lot of it was about that podcast. And we did that, <laughs> we did that on Tom Welling. So, okay, let's go to the next one. Kristen Crook. Lana Lang. Oh, boy.
1: a hey, uh, sixth grade Pat, pretty interested in Lana Lang.
0: Lana Lang. Uh, describe what she looks like. Brunette.
1: Fierce <laughs> eyes. Long Lashes. Dude,
0: it's all in the eyes. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Mischievous smile. Her smile. It's interesting because she doesn't have perfect teeth. No. Not hating it. Not hating it. You know, this goes back to my whole thing about, you know, how I was talking about girls who like they like some imperfections on dudes. It's why I was like Ryan Reynolds. His flaw is that he's a perfect 11 out of 10 because he's so perfect and jacked everywhere. Mm hmm. I kind of feel like that might be true for dudes too. Like Kristen Kruk has some imperfections with her teeth. They're not perfect. And it kind of just like makes me way into her. Does it make you feel like you have a chance? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe it like makes her more relatable and like human versus like, you know, the hot girl on TV.
1: I'm with you. Like if but she had a like a perfect
0: set of teeth, she might look like an alien. You know who I feel this way about? Blake Lively. Does nothing for me. I it, really, but I, she has like
1: a little beauty mark, like no, a little, dude, that that's an imperfection.
0: Perf- that's a perfectly placed beauty mark. <laughs> I, y- to me, that's someone who I see and I go, I can tell. I understand that all dudes think she's unreal, and I understand that she is a perfect 10 out of 10. If you told me to rate her, I would say 10 out of 10. Now, if you would say, if you would ask me, would I like to have sex with her or like, a Katie Holmes from Dawson's Creek or Rachel Bilson from the OC or Amy T. Garden, aka Julie Taylor from Friday Night Lights. I'm gonna choose all of them before Blake Lively. Okay. Blake Lively, fake boobs too. Don't like that, dude. Whoa. Everything is Oh,
1: by the way, I really enjoyed the um fake boob conversation on the last pod.
0: Oh yeah, Megan totally swung and missed on that, thinking Scarlett Johansson had fake boobs. I nipped that in the bud for the kids.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm also just a sucker for a live lookup. So hearing, hearing you force her to Google, that was a, quite a treat for me.
0: Yeah. Let's play a clip of the only other thing that I've recognized Kristen Kruk from. And you tell me if you know what this is. Here it is. Oh,
1: is it uh, Matt Damon? Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> shit, what's that movie
0: Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me Do it in my, my band, band, every band, band every Sunday, Sunday. It and it. And oh, about Talk about another guy a shaved head about probably one of the top 10 cameos of all time oh, oh, so Scotty. Scotty It's know. gotta be in there It <laughs> has to be in there Yeah, another guy Another guy with a shaved head <laughs> A real shaved head Matt Damon That is from Eurotrip And it's One of the greatest movies that I think we should do on this pod at some point. Okay. She's in Eurotrip? She's Fiona. She's the girl. No, that that (laughs) totally checks out now. She's (laughs) the girl that Matt Damon is fucking behind Scotty's back. So she is Eurasian combo of European and Asian. Really? Yes. And I was just thinking.
1: I've never heard that in like a context outside of uh, like a geography book
0: yeah like the eurasian plateau yeah that's what they described her as when i was looking her up and uh i was just like sign me up for that because she's perfect everywhere. she's from the ice age (laughs) yeah she's perfect everywhere um but dude the only thing other thing i wrote on her is just eyes 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 her eyes are they draw you in dude it's the key to all these fucking ladies is just the eyes on these teen dramas, I swear that's why they get cast. Yeah, most actors have dope eyes. Oh yeah, huge. They're huge, big <laughs> eyes. Hers are like gold. There's, they're like goldish. Like, interesting. Yeah, they're they're magnetic. I and you know we were talking about at the beginning, hitting me in my emotional loins on why I chose this show. She's doing it. <laughs> in that pilot we just watched, <laughs> she's tugging at your loins. <laughs> There were so many scenes where she was like just staring, saying nothing with music playing. And I was like, we got to do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to have so many scenes of like, what was that? What was, what? was that? Is it on? Is that on right now? Know. Is it? Does it feel? <laughs> it seems. It feels, it feels like it. It's on. Yes. Okay. Last character we're going to do. And then we're going to move on to the actual show. And for this one, dude. This is who's going to get the M C I T W on this pod.
1: Wait, I have a guess. Okay. Is it the actress who is recently involved in a legal sex cult?
0: And that is brought to you by Wickloware. W I C K L O W. Where? W-I-C-K-L-O-W, where? Pay for Explorer. explore Get all your outdoor gear at com. Type in the promo code VIOLA checkout and get 10% off your order Kids It's $30 on the fucking baseball tees It's $20 on the tanks, Pat And it's $40 on the hooded sweatshirt Again to the kids And on this first Smallville podcast We have no other option than to give it to Allison Mack
1: Sorry, Allison
0: Sorry, but your sex trafficking, racketeering Fucking weird cult is the main reason why you get the Marissa Cooper's the worst of the <laughs> week. Um, okay. So this is Chloe in the show and she's Clark's before Clark has Lois Lane at the newspaper to help solve crimes and stuff. He's in high school. Right. So who's he got girl at school paper, Chloe, Chloe. She's like one of the main four characters. Outside. She's a very She's like main character. big character. <laughs> I'm pretty sure besides Clark, I read somewhere besides Clark and Tom Welling, I think they're the only two who like appear in all 10 seasons who never leave. Like she is that big of a character. So should I just read what I found on this? Yeah, this please column? do
1: because I've seen that as a headline so many times without clicking on the article that Okay. I know nothing about it other than what, like, the broad stroke. So give it to me in detail.
0: Okay. It's this cult entitled Nexium. It sounds like a high blood pressure medication. It's pronounced Nexium, but it, the acronym for it is N-X-I-V-M. And so in 2017 and 2018, numerous news outlets reported that Allison Mack was a member of, a leader in, and a recruiter for a group called Nexium founded by a charismatic self-help guru named Keith Rainier. Ostensibly, a self-help organization offering career and life advice seminars, Nexium has been accused by former members of being a cult in which Rainier held mental, financial, and sexual sway over his mostly female members. In March 2018, Rainier was arrested and charged with Sex Trafficking, Sex Trafficking Conspiracy, racketeering and conspiracy to commit forced labor among other allegations former members claimed that the group required them to act as sex slaves to rainier and to have his initials branded on their pelvis on april 20th 2018 mac was arrested and indicted on charges charges of sex trafficking sex trafficking conspiracy and forced labor conspiracy along with racketeering Damn. Yeah.
1: Who has the time? Fucking fuck. I don't know. Like full-time job, then on the side.
0: So I was digging deeper. You're also
1: helping to run a cult?
0: I guess. I was digging deeper, and apparently Kristen Kruk in 2006 was who got her into it. So she was a member, but just like a passive member. I think she later left, like, once she started to once see, the like... branding and stuff
1: was going on. To... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Allison Mac just went, like, balls deep. Like, oh, I'm into that. And then got promoted up to where she was essentially the number two in the cult behind that Rainier guy. Climbed her way up the cult ladder. Climbed her way right up the cult ladder.
1: Self-starter.
0: Yeah. She made it all the way to the fucking top. And so she was, like, the head of recruiting, though. And I was, like, looking at there was all these tweets about her trying to recruit like other famous people. So some of them I took pictures of were just funny. She tried to recruit Emma Watson. She tweeted at her in 2016 at M Watson. I participate in a unique human development and women's movement. I'd love to tell you about as a fellow actress, I can relate so much. And then it says dot like the tweet cut out, (laughs) that's how she tried to get Emma Watson relating on like an actress level tweeted at Kelly Clarkson at Kelly underscore Clarkson. I heard through the grapevine that you're a fan of Smallville. I'm a fan of yours as well. I'd love to chat sometime. (laughs) These are public tweets. Yikes. (laughs) And then there was just the other girl, Amanda Hess, who is an actress where she literally just like praised Alison Mack, like nice episode or something. And she said like, uh, Amanda Hess, thank you. By the way, I'd love to chat with you sometime, actually. You NYC-based? She was just like... Always be selling, dude. Always selling, like, fucking sex cult stuff. Fuck. Wild shit, dude. Wild shit. Can you imagine? I can't wait till the Netflix documentary comes out. I know, because it's all pretty recent. Like, she was... It was, like, 2018, 2019, where, like... The trials finally ended and these decisions came down which is guilty across the fucking board they were so guilty that they weren't even pleading non-guilty they were all just pleading guilty which i'm sure to like get a it was like to strike a deal or whatever fucking insane so dude fucking wild shit be free and explore brought to you by wicklow where allison mack do, last, bitch. <laughs> do, do less sex trafficking in your cult. by the way i just want to say racketeering such a cool word yeah it's like i never break like 81 percent certainty on exactly what it is that's right where you should be right yeah but it's always on there when you hear like oh al capone fucking racketeering's on there for shit he was doing uh john dillinger Racketeering. Add it to the list. Just throw it in there. Fucking throw it in. It was always stuff from like the fifties and sixties. There was a lot of racketeering going Should on. Should
1: I do like a live pod lookup? Yeah, because I'm pretty uh, let's sure get a, let's get a definition.
0: I'm pretty sure it isn't it like bribes. Like essentially you're bribing them so that you can be the only business they get. Like there can't there can't be any competition with you. It's essentially You use force and money to make sure that they can only do business with you.
1: Let's see. A racket, according to the current common and most general definition, is an organized criminal act in which the criminal act is some form of substantial business or a way to earn illegal money either regularly or but briefly repeatedly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Still pretty vague.
0: Well, but, but it sounds like that's that's the thing is you're getting you're you're getting their regular repeated business through like bribes or threats. It says human or,
1: trafficking falls into the category of racketeering. Bribery, wire fraud, identity theft, illegal gambling, money laundering. So I think it's like a catch all for a lot of like especially organized crime activities.
0: Yeah, I think it's like it it's forcing them to do business with you continually even though they're doing illegal shit, you're forced to then be a part of it.
1: Yeah. You know what they say? Starting a legal sex cult is quite a racket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. With that, let's end the characters and let's do a song to transition into the pilot. It's in there. It's fucking in there. The original, not the Tupac version. I loved hearing it. Standing in line, mugging time, waiting for the welfare dime. They can't buy a job. That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. Ah, but don't you believe that Meteor shower. Yeah. that's where we start. That's off.
1: where we start off. Like actually, a pretty awesome scene where you get the wide shot of planet
0: Earth where all the meteors are coming through. Graphics a little suspect, but we'll let, suspect. We'll <laughs> we're going to let it slide. Early
1: 2000s gra- graphics, which we'll let it slide. Um, I just always love that shot, just coming into Earth. And probably they all concentrate around this like, this one town, and there's probably a probably couple dozen of them that fall, which I forgot about, and I thought that was a genius device because if you think about it, One meteor falls down in a small town into Superman's parents' cornfield. It's Mm -hmm. like they're going to find that. Like they're going to investigate and get to the bottom of that. If there's like dozens of them falling all over the city, there's no time to check every single one of them like right away. So there's plenty of time for them to grab the secret kid. Yeah. And raise it as their own. I thought that was kind of a cool thing.
0: I do like that. So a meteor shower hits Everyone in this small town seems to have some connection to it. Lex is a young kid. He's in the cornfield. His hair gets burned off. So that's only that, injury. Yeah. <laughs> only injury is apparently he now has alopecia. Yeah. I didn't I never knew that. I don't know if that's Lex Luthor's or actual origin story on why he has no hair, but he has no hair from the time he's nine in this show.
1: Because of the meteor impact. Yeah. Uh, we also see uh, Lana's parents, who we don't know—that's her parents at the time—but she grows up an orphan, and it's because they get
0: like pretty much exploded in yeah. this meteor impact. Yeah. next to their car, completely exploded. They did nothing to avoid the impact. By the way, Lana's parents—they yeah. just stood there and took it. Yeah. Didn't even duck. Death like, wish. Put a hand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're gonna go out, just, fuck it. What are you gonna do? Um, and then Clark, we get him. Because Clark's parents are driving and meteors start raining down. By the way, this is like my one of my biggest fears. It, like, what the fuck are you going to do? Meteor There's meteors down. coming down. There's nowhere to hide. There's nothing to do. No Ben Affleck to save you. Yeah. Th- no Ben Affleck at all. He's nowhere to be found. And a meteor hits this field, makes their car swerve off the road. And then as their car is flipped, they're coming to this little kid walks up. Little baby. Little baby. Little baby with powers. Little Clark. That's the whole setup of the show. These two then adopt him, and Lex is now bald. By the way, Lex's dad is a gigantic piece of shit.
1: Yeah, like powerful businessman, billionaire guy.
0: But super evil. Like real bad. And how they're making it seem is like at this point, Lex is not a bad guy. No. His dad. Yes. He's got a Dick Dad. He's got a Dick Dad.
1: One other important thing to note, um, there's like a quick scene where Clark's parents before this whole thing happens are clearly struggling having a child. Yeah. And it's like their dream is to have a kid. So, miraculously, this alien baby falls in their lap, which is kind of a cool origin story for him.
0: Dude, it's actually kind of cool way to have a kid too. If like, yeah. hey, we can't have kids, but then like, oh shit.
1: Like a meteor shower falls and we get an
0: alien child. Yeah, this kid could be in the NFL. It's easy. I'd take that. I mean, this kid could be doing anything. Yeah. High jump champion. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. So now, fast forward. Fast forward to 2001. 12 years later, the whole gang's in fucking high school. Lex is a little older. Lex is like 20. What? Two? 23. Yeah, he's like out of all school. He's not in school. He's now like number two to his dad with Lex Core. Luther core. Luther core. And now we're in high school. Let the teen drama fucking begin. First scene we get is Clark. He's hanging out with his friends. They, They don't make him seem like a nerd. That was always my problem with Superman is they made him seem like too much of a fucking nerd where you're like, all right. This guy's 6'5". He's fucking jacked. He's hot as shit. And he's got the confidence of a man who could literally,
1: like, crush a bus but just chooses not to. Yeah. Like, that. you carry a certain amount of confidence with you if you got that knowledge but you're choosing
0: to check it, right? Yes. In this show, though, they just show him as he's kind of like a taller kid who it's more with the crowd he hangs out with which makes him nerdy. Like, he just has interests that align with the girl who works on the school paper. The kid who uh I forget his name, um Peter, Peter Ross. He's not on the football team. He's not like some cool dude. He's some little like nerdy kid. These are just his friends. And I he's feel- just the most average dude you could imagine. Yeah, he's he's not nerdy. He's average, but he's made more seem more nerdy by association. Right. So all plausible. All very plausible. He just hasn't come to, into his own yet. And then there was this first scene with Lana. And I fucking loved it. Because right there, we're getting like a taste of like some love triangles and some teen drama, dude. And he goes up to her and he's like trying to talk to her. And he stumbles and he falls. And we're like, all right, that was a little gratuitous. He's going <laughs> to fucking trip walking up to this girl. Like, give me a break. This
1: guy's probably pretty coordinated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But they suspended my disbelief because they showed she's wearing a green necklace. Nice. Little meteor fragments mm-hmm. a la Kryptonite. I feel like
1: it just, this show starts off like you feel like you're in good hands. Like things are happening oh, for a yeah. reason. Yeah,
0: good point. Yeah. Like even to,
1: like a bit of the exposition where you're wondering like, is this guy like a super athlete? Like what's the deal? Like is he setting records already? He's a He's Superman. There's a conversation, brief one with his dad, where he's asking his dad if he can go out for the football team. Yeah. And his dad's like, No, you can't, because you know why. And he's like, Come on, I'll be careful. And he's like, I don't want to take the chance. Like you could hurt somebody. And you're like, Okay, check. That's yeah. Like now that we explains get explains all of it. Now we know why he just has to act like
0: a normal guy. And I actually like that scene you went to though, because it humanizes everything. Yeah. I think it's the reason why the show is on for ten years and why it worked was because it's not about him being a superhero. It's about him dealing with shit. Like all teens do his shit just happens to be a different kind of shit than a lot of people have to deal with, but everyone can relate to having to deal with that shit. It's an allegory for to.
1: puberty. Yeah. Like, in yeah. like instead of like horrible acne and dealing with armpit hair, he's got to deal with like being able yeah. to run super fast. And
0: yeah. Have great vision. So I liked that, and I again, to go all the way back why Superman never worked is it never felt humanized to me, and I think this show did a really good job doing it. And, dude, unbeknownst to everyone, the answer all along was just, make him a fucking teen. Yeah. <laughs> make him a fucking teen. Anyways, in that scene with Lana that we were first talking about, right off the bat, dude, she kisses the jock right in front of him, And then we're like, we realize as an audience like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's going to have to win this hot chick who is not only like smoke show with beautiful eyes from Eurasia. (laughs) She's fucking the fucking star of the football team. QB one. Yeah. Game on, kids.
1: And he's going to have to win her over with charm, not superpowers. Love that. So
0: I like that. mm -hmm. I like that a lot. I like that the old fashioned way. way. The old fashioned way. So then I would say the big scene in this, in this first pilot episode that connects, cause we know we got to be connected to Lex. Like Superman Clark has to be, let's not even call him Superman, dude. Let's just call him Clark. He's Clark. He's Clark. Let's do that on this podcast. Let's not call him Superman. From Mental now on. note in my head. Clark. We're like, how's Clark going to get connected to Lex? And then it's like Clark's hanging out on a bridge, brooding fucking Lex. Cell phone guy, flip phone. He's looking at his fucking flip phone, dude. He doesn't see the obstruction on the road. And then as he's coming up, fucking hits that obstruction on the road and then runs 60 miles an hour off the fucking cliff right into fucking Clark, who's sitting there brooding his ass off just because so Lana's <laughs> to be brooding at that exact place. I mean, Clark just happens to be brooding on that exact bridge over Lana kissing QB one. And then he fucking knocks them, both of them. Car goes off the bridge right into the fucking water. Great stunt work. We rewound it like 10 times trying to figure out how they did it. Yeah, because we thought it was a bot, like a dummy, that they showed coming off that cliff with the car. But then we were convinced that Tom Welling just took one for the
1: team. (laughs) (laughs) Got hit by a Porsche and fell off a bridge. Yeah, like the director came up like,
0: Tom, you want to be famous, don't you?
1: Yeah, big time. That's why I'm on this CW show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured. Um, so you love being Superman, right? Oh, I Love it. It's yeah, everyone's it's cool. dream. Everybody's cool. dream. Now, you want to be a big actor, right? Big. How bad do you want it? So bad. How bad? Like really bad. I mean, are you willing to go method? I'm, like Nick Cage goes method. Have you Have heard me on, on set all day talking to myself as Clark? <laughs> yeah. Well, Nick Cage is doing it. Sean Penn's doing it. I love Jim those Carrey's guys. doing it.
1: Love those guys.
0: You see fucking Man on the Moon? I've seen Man on the Moon. Yeah. Fucking Jim Carrey's doing it, dude. We're going to have a Porsche come at you full speed. Okay. Sounds action-packed. six miles an hour, and uh, you will be hit. I like by you- the car? Yes. Yeah, method. Again, Jim Carrey. Kevin Costner. You like Costner?
1: Love and Waterworld. see Dances with Wolves? I've seen it.
0: Field of Dreams. Love all that stuff. So I'm getting hit by the car? Let me tell you this about Costner in Waterworld that you just mentioned. He lived on the water for 17 years before he did that movie. Little known fact. Do you actually have
1: webbed toes implanted in Yes.
0: That's cool. That's Costner. Something that's driving. Do you want to be at Costner level?
1: Yeah, you put. webs in my toes.
0: Okay. We're going to hit you with this car. I hope you don't die. I don't have to fall <laughs> off the bridge. Do I? Yes. To fall off at full speed. And then just, if you survive, you get to keep being Superman. I'm no. oh, in. That sounds like I don't have a choice. Let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, we did keep thinking like, fuck man, great work by the stunt crew. I'll tell you what I,
1: I was thinking about this and I wrote it down because so we see the car crash Clark falls into the water, obviously is not hurt because he's Superman. Uh, Lex is now trapped in a car, unconscious from the impact. Yep. And Superman gets his first credited save. Yep. Um, Pulls him out and like drags him over to the shore
0: and does mouth to mouth on him to resuscitate him. Rips the entire top off the car to pull him out. Fuck yeah. Doesn't Just pull him out of the window. Pull some. Pulls the top off. Yeah.
1: So clearly, he was not actually involved in the stunt. That was just a bit of humor we were doing.
0: No. But no, it's not. He but does
1: on. actually give Michael Rose and b- mouth to mouth. Yeah. So <laughs> that was method. Like like your first day on set. It's like, oh yeah, no, this is Michael. Okay, you guys are going to be working together for the next ten seasons, and like eventually we'll become friends. Everything. We need you to do some mouth to mouth on day one. You like tongue kissing dudes, Clark? <laughs> So that was probably how they tested him. Like how committed are you? Kiss this man.
0: Yeah, kiss this man and then give us this scene.
1: I just want to hit
0: you. If you did. And be if you did And then it's like fuck. This is gonna. this is like a taste of like Lex's kind of like confused like what the fuck dude i hit a guy and that guy is you so why aren't you dead it gives you like a preview of like these guys are going to be friends clearly but lex is always going to have in the back of his mind like something's up with this kid this guy's a freak <laughs> and they didn't just they didn't just meet mouth kissing on the side of the road there was a crazy event that should have killed anyone that didn't kill clark there's, so it's like what's up. There's
1: definitely an underlying tension and subtext to their friendship. And like you were saying, for at least 3 seasons they're just friends, like good buddies, confidants. I don't think Superman I don't think Clark ever tells him about his powers, does he? I don't know. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll we're get only pilot in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the one thing I did point out during this episode, we've been ragging hard on these other shows for putting in a weird soundtrack bed in the background. God,
0: I know. I'm glad we're done with that shit.
1: Done with it completely. This show does have, like, some some score in the background, but, like, once again, everything in the show up to this point is intentional. And I thought it was kind of cool because you don't really hear a lot of it until Lex Luthor, a.k.a. Michael Rosenbaum, is giving a monologue, kind of like talking to uh, Clark and seemingly just saying normal things, but there's a sinister music happening in the background that just puts you subconsciously yeah. on a little bit on edge. Let's and give I a taste. Was, yeah, give it a little give taste. Let's give a taste
0: for the kids. People can't fly, Lex.
1: I did. After the accident when my heart stopped.
0: It was the most exhilarating two minutes of my life. I flew over Smallville, and for the first time, I didn't see a dead end. I saw a new beginning. We are the future, Clark. So that, that's how you do a score. Yeah. Do it for a reason. Fit it to the emotion that you're trying to draw out of the audience in the scene. Yeah. That's Don't why hit us play. over the
1: head with it or make it completely off the wall. Like, yeah, do it for a reason and I'm totally cool with it
0: totally and Beverly Hills 90210 totally missed the ball on that I 100% agree was it Dawson's Creek that fucked it up too yeah Dawson's Creek yeah just fucked it up royally and One Tree Hill yeah where you're just like that was gratuitous and unnecessary and I don't know what you're trying to fucking achieve I'll I'll agree with that I'll agree with it and go one step further of saying that music is so important in the background Hence, there's a scene where Clark is up in his, like, loft, sweet loft situation in the <laughs> barn. Dude, I'm so jealous of that setup. He's got this unreal setup, and he's got a telescope out there, and he's always, like, looking into space and stuff. But the other stuff that he's looking at...
1: Mm-hmm. He's got
0: it focused on Earth. On Earth, about a mile away down the road, at the Lang household. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. It's funny because you're talking about music and let's pipe in another little more background music right now. This music is playing when Clark is looking in the telescope at Lana a mile away. The funny thing about this music is this music is fucking playing when he's essentially creeping the fuck in looking, I mean, who knows what else he's doing. If you're looking at her like out on the front porch when she's kissing her boyfriend and you're also 15 years old, probably looking at a little bedroom nudity. Let's just let's just say this, the camera was from torso up. Yeah. So, who knows what's, what's going on? on. Torso down. So my point is this. If that music's playing though. All seems cool. It just seems like Clark's in love. Yeah. But like He's okay. kind of being a psycho. All right, now now I just want to like do another, because now I just want to put that music. It's of like a creepy dynamic, and let's see if this is still creepy. Like you you went to the gym today, you worked out. I so did. I let, don't want to brag, but I did. Yeah. Pat loves working out pre-podcast. It yeah. gets his head right. Uh-huh. Pump some music in. You're changing after you've worked out. Right. I walk in. You don't know I'm in there. Okay. Hey Pat. Hey, what's up? How are you?
1: I'm good. Just got done at the gym.
0: You working out? Yeah, dude. You working hard or hardly working in there? A
1: little bit on the treadmill, did some incline bench, you know.
0: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. see the sweat glistening on your lower back. Little sweat beads are coming down.
1: That's why I'm getting in the shower because he's got sweaty at the gym.
0: Oh, that's cool. You got two of those little dimples on your lower back, Little, little back dimples there. Oh, interesting thing! If you look at the little crease in your towel there, It looks like you start to get more and more hairless as you go up your inner thighs!
1: Yeah, I think that's the rub from my, like my pants onto my thighs.
0: Hmm, That's interesting. Do you get hairless the higher you go on your body from your knee up? I wish I could say yes. Oh, you're not hairless? Oh no... Where's the hair? So we'll see in post if that worked with that music in the background, <laughs> if that made that less creepy. Because for Clark, spying on fucking high school girls from a mile away, that apparently does work. So kudos to Clark. We still love you. That's going to be a good live pod experiment. Um. Okay, dude. Let's now hit. We'll go quick through this, but. The CSI one criminal in this episode, the bad guy that Clark has to defeat, explain the setup.
1: Um, basically, in the very beginning, and it's a little convoluted, the very beginning when the initial meteorite hits, there's this kid, and he's basically like getting crucified in the cornfield.
0: With a big S a on his big chest. S. Yeah.
1: And um, so something happens with the meteorite where he basically like disappears in time and Mm -hmm. reappears 16 years later. Yeah. With
0: at the same age. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so he's kind of like hell bent on getting revenge against like the bullies that did this to him. And obviously there's new bullies in school. So he just assumes all high school people are evil. He just wants like Carrie style revenge on the high school. And so he's got like this electromagnetic power where he can electrocute things and so he's planning on at the school dance turning the sprinklers on getting everybody wet and then electrocuting them yeah uh superman does not want that to happen
0: no not his friends
1: no um he has also in a weird turn of fades he's been getting bullied by qb1 because he's trying to swipe his girl
0: dude if you're qb1 you always know when a guy's trying to swoop in yeah I learned that from Friday Night Lights. (laughs)
1: So Lana has given QB1 her kryptonite necklace as kind of like a a boyfriend gift. Like a good luck charm. Like, good luck in the game. And so he starts to bully Clark, and he's wearing this thing. Clark obviously can't defend himself because it's kryptonite. So he... and a weird coincidence does the exact same thing to Clark Or maybe it's like a tradition, like the jocks bully nerds by cause Clark's a freshman. So they, cru- they bully one yeah, freshman. They crucify, crucify one- him in the cornfield. So yeah. he does the exact same thing. He puts the necklace on him just to be a dick because he knows he likes
0: Lana. He's like, he yeah, you like Lana cri- so much. Yeah. Then fucking here, you can wear a necklace. So he doesn't
1: it know it's kryptonite. So we see Clark being crucified with an S on his chest dying slowly of kryptonite poisoning in the field
0: it's either that or hypothermia because he's completely naked besides boxers in you could see his breath so like it's clearly sub fucking 33 degrees what
1: does the s stand for in this context that was getting to me uh, th- is that their that's school their name? High school. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a hazing thing. With yeah,
0: players. I think it worked on multiple levels because, like you said, it goes on the poster. Uh, fucking Clark, A.K.A. Superman, but he's being crucified with the S on his chest. Also, he's shirtless and ripped. So works for me. Works, but that's not the the premises. Is, is he's just getting bullied. Right in high school
1: and so what we're led to believe is lex Luthor has this mysterious connection with this place because that's where he first got bald when he was a little kid yeah in the blast and so he's drawn there for some reason and he sees the same thing happening that he saw when he was a little kid but this time it's happening with clark so he takes the necklace off and gets him down and clark basically just bails to yeah. go stop this kid from
0: electrocuting the school and then he saves the day. We can just fast forward and say he shows yeah. up to the school, I kinda, saves the day.
1: The, I, it's like it's perfect, exactly like Friday Night Lights football. It's like the football is happening, and it's the undercurrent of the whole thing. But like at the end of the day, who really cares if Saracen like throws the game-winning TD? I don't care. I, don't I care, care if
0: Saracen fucking hooks up with Julie. Me too. So that's all I'm thinking about in this show. I'm like, so I, it's a
1: nice little twist where at the end we get to see Superman beat some ass, right? But like. It's just kind of ham-fisted a little bit, but we don't care.
0: Yeah. Again, it's all about the the heart and the emotional loins of this show, and the emotional loins are saying, is Clark going to get with Lana? We all want him to beat out QB1, who's clearly like a fucking douche. Which is interesting because, again, him and Lex are becoming friends, and that's why I liked it is it was like a twist on what you always thought of like, Superman versus Lex Luthor, but it was kind of cool where it's like
1: they both shit. saved each other's life at this. point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I liked it. I liked that little twist. That great creative Liberty that the writers took with this show. That's what I realized about all fucking TV shows, dude. It's all on the writers. Like you notice all these storylines, scripts and stories come from the writers besides Friday night lights. And I guess the OC, which were both directed and written and created by like for the OC, it was uh Schwartz Schwartz. And then for Friday night lights, it was all Pete Berg, but like, and that was adapted from the book and then the movie and everything. But like most of these shows, like one tree Hill and all this, it's just, it's writer driven. It's writer, writer, writer. Same thing with this show. Okay. Uh, let's just end with a great ending scene. I loved the fucking end of the, pilot and you know as we were watching like those other shows to figure out what we wanted to do next I feel like the ending of this pilot was like
1: hmm. this hooked you in hooked this is what got the Lo- loins moving
0: so all that shit's over with dude fucking Clark saves the day like we said no one really gives a fuck Clark is back in his barn he's in his loft and he's just brooding by himself and then you see fucking Lana come in all fuck fucking hot as shit coming in in her school dance outfit and she comes in and she's like hey Clark what's up dude saved you a dance oh, fuck, yeah. fuck yeah starts dancing with them they're like about to go in for a kiss and then all of a sudden it's like the camera just like it cuts away and then it goes to a wide angle and shows Clark standing in the barn completely by himself
1: dancing with ghost Lana
0: Lana never actually came. Whoa. That was all in Clark's imagination. Whoa. Then you see Clark fucking looking out of the barn over to her house. She's actually on her front porch getting a good night hug and kiss from QB1. She had a great night at the school dance. Her and her boyfriend totally happy together. And then Clark says this. Thanks for
1: the dance, Lana. pilot ends fucking lock. I mean, I just love the unrequited love aspect of this. We're starting off right where we need to be.
0: Yeah. Like, damn, Clark's going to have to, he's going to have to win some girl over. So it's going to have to happen. Yeah, dude, I loved it. Um, But I I think the key thing too with that scene was it just gave you a taste of like, this is what Clark's biggest issue is going to be is like, all the missed ops, all the missed ops. Like, and I've now watched a couple episodes ahead. Cause I go balls deep and everything. I've now seen like first 10 episodes of season one after we watched this pilot. And it's becoming a theme of like, he's starting to get a sense of like, if I'm doing this, if I'm going to be saving lives and like just same thing in that pilot, I saved the day. But because of that, I missed the school dance and I missed mm. my like golden opportunity with Lana, that's like what's going to be a, a key theme of this show.
1: Going to have to start making choices. Being Superman, it's a full-time
0: job. I know. Just shows you how yeah. fucking tough it would be if you were a teen, dude, trying to deal with all that shit. That's tough. MVP time? I'd love to
1: give my MVP. Okay. Sponsored, as always, by Japanese denim. Softest jeans in the game. Mm-hmm. Imported straight from Japan. Japanese made, podcast approved. Yep. I'm giving it this week. The MVP will go to Clark's parents. Who
0: <laughs> got no love on this podcast. But I'm in on his parents. I just want yeah. to say that. Yeah, we just, they're we- good
1: parents. And I mean, they get a little bit of screen time and they do a lot with it. The very beginning scene where it sets like that emotional um, baseline of them really, really gonna be obsessed with this kid because it's a miracle baby. And then just like little lines that I thought were funny, like um when the dad finally tells Clark he basically has a birds and the bees talk with him. Like it's time son. Except instead of like describing sex to him in some weird way. He mm-hmm. basically tells him he's like a alien with superpowers.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I like that. Clark Clark was like, Oh, so you're gonna tell me there's a like a my spaceship's in the shed? And that's like uh <laughs> Actually, it's in the the cellar. It's in the storm cellar. (laughs) It's in the storm cellar. Yeah. So, like, I thought that was hilarious. But then also just, like, going through their whole lives without telling anybody. I feel like I'm decent at keeping secrets, but that one. This guy's no rat. No. He's not gonna ride anyone yeah. out. <laughs> I'd fucking be so tempted to at least not Jonathan like, Kent. Like dude. Jonathan Kent's at the bar, he's had a couple pops in him. He's like, you know what? My son
0: <laughs> <laughs> turns out <laughs> the craziest fucking thing. He's an alien. I and love they're him. the
1: reason he is who he is. Because it's a nature versus nurture thing. Nature gave him superpowers, nurture makes him Superman. Thank you, Japanese denim.
0: Oh, fuck. What a great closing line. You. Did you write that one down? Just just popped in. Damn. That was really good. Fuck. I was going to say some things, but now I feel weird saying anything because I'm going to fuck up that closing line. But I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> I agree. Dude, a main part of these fucking shows is you have to have the parents. I have to be bought in on the parents. And I you don't want to be su- involved somehow. I don't want to slam Dawson's Creek because I did love Dawson's Creek, specifically seasons two, three, and four. (laughs) But what I will say is the parents in that show were weak as fuck. Yeah. So weak. And we know from Friday Night Lights, hard. We know from The O.C., hard. We know from even One Tree Hill, you have to have parents that can hold their own and carry the weight of the show when it's not on the teens. It's critical in these teen dramas and I'm in on Jonathan and whatever the mom's name is. Yeah. I'm in on the Kent's dude. Fucking fun fact about Mr. Kent, one of the Dukes of Hazard boys. Really? Yeah. That's a nice tidbit. Yeah, dude. Fucking totally one of the fucking Duke boys. So love him. And clearly something's going on with him because he's the only guy in the opening credits where it says John Schneider as Jonathan Kent. Do you notice that in the opening credits? Oh, we didn't see the opening credits. No. Act I like you did. Yeah, it, it For everyone else, it just says, like, starring Tom Welling, Kristen Kruk. It lists everyone's names. But f- the only guy... That it lists for whatever reason his character name is John Snyder as Jonathan Kent, hmm. which I don't understand. I was doing some internet research. I was like trying to dig, like figure out, like is that something going on, like behind the scenes? Like the uh, agent was like, "This character name." You can get one of the two original Dukes of Hazard boys. Fine, he'll sign on, but to get him, he's gonna need an extra little incentive on the opening t- like credits. Like I just didn't get it. I couldn't find anything about it. So either way, uh I'm down with that as a, as the MVP. Sick. Down with it. Kids, this is gonna be a wild ride. I am all in as I always am, but like I love it. I get so jacked to the tits. I'm jacked to the tits. I'm jacked to the tits when I fucking get a new show I'm excited I love it. But right now, kids, we're going to need to wait another week. Sleep tight. And Pat, what do you tell those kids?
1: Clear eyes.
0: Full hearts. Do less. Do less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. Just not pictured. Stephen and Elsie. Both there. Just not pictured.